Principal Matters Podcast, episode 292. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking to my friend Garth Larson about the profile of a school leader. Dr. Garth Larson is the co-founder and CEO of First Educational Resources. Garth has previously worked as the director of learning for the Winnicani Community School District in Northeast Wisconsin. He was an elementary principal in two separate buildings and started his career in education as a high school speech and English teacher. In 2011, he formed Wisconsin Educational Resources, now F-I-R-S-T, first, with a focus on improving student achievement across the United States. Since 2011, over 2,000 school districts throughout the globe have become partners with his company. Garth currently consults with school districts around the world and provides customized professional development around lots of topics like PLCs, learning-centered grading practices, leadership and support improvement. Garth is also the author of Collaborative Systems of Support, Learning for All with co-authors Tom Herrick and Chris Weber and lots of other books that he's done. Garth Larson, Welcome back to Principal Matters Podcast, because you were a guest on my show. I'm going to have to look it up because it's been a while since we've been together. But why don't you tell listeners something that else they may be surprised to know about you? Well, first of all, Will, thanks so much for inviting me back to the Principal Matters Podcast. Uh, it, uh, it's truly an honor and a privilege to uh, share a little bit of time on air with you and, and talk a little bit about the, the profile uh, or the observable vision of a leader in our schools. Uh, something interesting, I think just because of the, the timing right now, in a couple of days, uh, my family and I will be packing up and heading down to uh, the ESPN zone down in Orlando because my daughter, who's in competitive cheer, uh, two of her teams that she is on have qualified for the D2 uh, World Summit down there. So uh, in my spare time, that's very little right now. I'm a cheer dad and a golf dad. And so we're just heading into golf season for my son and uh and get to go go watch uh, my daughter perform down at Disney uh, here in just a couple of days. You know what's so cool, Garth, is how so many things come full circle in conversations with you. And I just looked back; it was uh, Principal Matters podcast episode one forty three when you and I shared back in February of twenty nineteen. So this is pre pandemic. Okay. Mm-hmm. This and so and this was also when I asked you kind of for the origin story of the work that you're doing now, and I still remember you telling me that you and Tammy. <laughs> were, had 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 done your very first PD together, and you and your wife, and you decided if we make enough money, we're going to go to Disney World, and you did. And you're like, hey, I think we might be able to like do this work like in more places. And and like fast forward from that time till now, oh. you guys are all over the U.S. You're all over the globe, and now your daughter is in <laughs> Orlando, and you're heading back there to watch her. Um, compete. That just makes me so happy. Well, I'm just so glad to sit in the room with you, Garth. And one of the reasons that you and I have connected is because of some work that we're going to be doing later in the summer. And we'll talk about that later in this conversation. But as we've corresponded, and I have followed your work since we met a few years ago, and have just been a cheerleader for, for what you guys have been doing at first. But in our correspondence, you've been telling me about some of the work that you've been doing with school leaders, and I know you do work with teachers and leaders, but you are a former principal, yeah. former uh, district office superintendent. You are, you've been in a lot of positions where you've worked with schools and leaders. 
and one of the things you were telling me about was, was working with leaders on creating their own profiles. Talk to me for a little bit about why that is an important work that you've been focusing on this year with leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it really came out of a, a conversation uh, that I was having with a school district out kind of near the, the East Coast. And I was sitting with their, their district's leadership team. And at the time, they in this is a relatively large school district um, out on the East Coast. At the time, they were trying to figure out how to maximize their assistant principals that they have district-wide. And so when you look at their, their APs across the entire district, um, there were, gosh, I think they have probably close to 200 assistant principals in this particular school district. And they were trying to figure out how to best support what leadership looks like through their lenses. And uh, Cale Burke, again, co-author of, of PLC 2.0 with me, and, and we have a, a new book we're working on called Leading for Observable Impact, which is going to be more of a leadership-based book. Um, we asked, well, do you have a clear vision for what it looks like if assistant principals were leading at the highest level? And the response from the central office was, well, well not really. And we said, so, you know, if we think about the last two years, two and a half years of, of being a leader, you know, from having to be a COVID tracer to uh, Magnum PI to, you know, being a um, supporting the, the various um, mental health needs of our students and even the adults in our buildings, like there's such a wide range of what it means to be a school leader right now. And we said, if we don't really have a clear vision of what it looks like if we're leading at the highest level in our buildings, like what does success look like? Well, it's very hard for us to have an aiming point. And so that's really what kind of generated the conversations. And we started started running some, some leadership uh, workshops in that particular district. And then uh, very uh, shortly after that in another district, just to start to begin to create what we'd call a profile of an educational leader. Now, we have some school districts that look at that through the lens of what's our profile of a central office leader. Uh, but more importantly, where I think this work is really taking off and needed out there right now globally is having the profile of a principal. So if we think about it, and, and one of the things that we really try hard to do, Will, when we're thinking about this profile of a principal or profile of an educational leader is to look at it through multiple perspectives. So any of the listeners here that they're listening, it's, it's very common out there right now to see in schools having a profile of a graduate. You know, that work is really taken off out there in schools. And, and I know in, in our model that Kale and I wrote, we have what we just call our vision of a learner, but it's kind of the same thing, having that profile. And so we want kids to be empathetic and we want them to be resilient and we want them to be uh, critical thinkers and we want them to have the academic skills and we want them to be good people. And we create this really awesome visual representation of what it means to be a learner or a student in our schools. Yet when it comes to the adults, and again, when, when they're creating that profile, they're looking at it through multiple lenses, right? They're thinking, okay, so what does a parent want of a student as they come through our school system? What does the school board want? What does our business community want? All these different perspectives, you always take that into creating that profile of a graduate or profile of a learner. We said, well, we should probably be doing the same thing when it comes to our educators. And so we then do the same exact thing. We say, okay, so what does it mean to be an educational leader through the lens of our parents? And we then can map that out and say, okay, what are the key characteristics that they're looking for in our leadership when it comes to what parents want? Because I, I think we, any of the listeners can attest to what, what parents want of us as leaders maybe looks a lot different than maybe what we signed up for when, it, when we signed up to be an educational leader. And so we look at it through that lens. Then we look at it through the lens, okay, so if we're a building principal, what does our central office or our board of education, what, what's their 
vision for what it looks like for us to lead at the high, highest level? What are the characteristics they want to see of us? Well, what about our kids too? What are our kids need of us? And ultimately, what do, um, whether it's business community, um, just the entire community in general, you can kind of pick the different perspectives, but we begin to get that information of what, what does it really mean to be an educational leader? We kind of map that on and then we start to create some key indicators of what, again, it looks like if we're leading at the highest level. From that, then we take that work and we go a little bit deeper and say, okay, so let's just say that, um, that one, of the, one of the main uh, characteristics that our central office is looking at is that, that we give meaningful feedback to our teachers. Okay, so what would that actually look like if we're giving meaningful feedback to our teachers? And we try to move from kind of this abstract thinking of, oh, we gotta be doing all these things to actually creating very specific, highly observable indicators of what success looks like through a leadership lens. So again, it's, it's, it's taking the same thinking that a lot of people are familiar with around a learner, and now we're starting to put it into place of what does that look like for a leader? We even are doing that now with a lot of schools of what it means for that, uh, our profile of a teacher. And we begin to know, again, what is our aiming point? Because if we don't know the target that we're aiming for as school leaders, it's gonna be very hard for us to get there. Wow. I have so many thoughts, Garth, that I want to add to that. And and then I'll ask some follow-up questions too. But this past week, there was a um, um, a survey. I just read this last, I think it was on Friday, that National Public Radio put out by Anya Kamenetz. And it was a um, about a thousand parents that were surveyed across the U.S. on a national poll that they did with Ipsos and asking them the questions on how are they feeling parents about their school's performances during the pandemic and now. And here's what they were, the researchers were blown away by what they heard, which is guess what? The vast majority of parents, 88% of them were pleased with the way their schools and teachers were handling their kids and how they were educating them through all the craziness that's happened. Only 18% of the people that they surveyed or 19% had any concerns about some of the things that we keep hearing about in politics, Mm -hmm. gender issues, race issues, those things that are the top of the line when it comes to news headlines about our schools, but they're very low on the concerns that parents have. The vast majority of parents, and and this was just such an, I'll I'll include this link in notes for principal matters listeners, but the vast majority of parents, guess what they want from their schools? Places where their kids are being well-educated and loved and taken care of and prepared for what's next. And so when I think about you writing profiles for leaders, it's so easy, I think, for some of us to begin to define our roles based on what we're hearing Mm -hmm. concerns about, what we're hearing in the news or what we're hearing from politicians. But I love it that you come back to that question of what do parents really want? What do they really want from a school leader? What do teachers really want from a school leader? And what do students really want from a school leader? Not what we're hearing in social media and the news and all the chaos, but what, what are the people who you work with? So, so Garth, let's go there next. How leaders that are looking at these profiles, what are some ways that they can really understand what their communities are hoping to see through them uh, in, in their work as a leader? Well, I, I think, Will, the, the point you just made, even with this most recent article you're referencing is, you know, the, the easiest way is to, to ask them, you know, and, and to, to put out some simple survey information, uh, find different ways where you can collect some data. You know, typically when we do this, we try to go in, you know, do the best we can to get into the mindsets of these different groups of people. But if you have the time to be able to do it, ask them, ask students, what is it that you need from me as a school leader? 
and, and get that information. And now here's the thing, you're gonna, if you ask you know, a thousand students, you're, you're gonna get a lot of variation in the answers. So the, the bigger challenge then is as you start to pull that information out of, you know, whether it's from our parents, from our students, from our business community, from local universities, from our teachers, the bigger thing uh, we do, and this is, this is kind of the work that we, uh, Kale and I've been doing a lot of schools is then we start to look for common themes, right? Because we, we can't do everything that's gonna come back out of that survey data, but we can start to see commonalities. So for example, if, uh, if parents and teachers and students want us as school leaders to be, and often we hear effective communicators. Well, that, that's a very broad statement, but it's still consistent that we're hearing in terms of, they want us to be communicators through the lens of our parents, through the lens of students, through the lens of our teachers, et cetera. The, the, the follow-up to that is, okay, so what does that look like? So now how do we create very specific understandings of what it means to be an effective communicator to our parents? What does it mean to be an effective communicator to our students? And it doesn't mean we create this long list will of 30 things we have to do, but let's, let's find the couple that we really need to, to take into consideration because we have this common theme around communication and begin to identify what does it look like if we are communicating successfully with our students? And what we've learned is we, if we actually create those observable indicators, we, our, our leaders actually hit the mark on that. It's when we keep it very broad and we don't exactly know what it is, then we feel like we're scrambling and trying to do everything under the sun. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting where all this entire thinking kind of started from is, is started with our, our PLC work that we started doing with schools around basically creating observable indicators for success within our PLC groups. So if we're meeting as a team and we're talking about, you know, we really want to cultivate resiliency in our kids and, and we start to create plans in collaboration on what does resiliency look like, it all stemmed from the national dialogue that occurred over a dozen years ago around PBIS. And whether your school is a PBIS school, not a PBIS, is kind of irrelevant. But what we noticed when PBIS first started to gain traction in the US, and I remember I was a school principal at the time when Wisconsin passed legislation that said, you have to have an actual specific RTI framework that has a behavioral component and almost everybody moved in the direction of, of creating a PBIS framework. Well, why is it that people were so willing to embrace that? It, when it was all said and done, is it, it was because it made it very clear what they were looking for. So when we'd create indicators, if you think, if the listeners know what I'm talking about this with PBIS matrices, the benefit of a PBIS matrix was we knew exactly what it looked like. Our students, our teachers, our admin knew exactly what it looked like for a student to be respectful in various settings, playground, classroom, hallway, lunchroom, et cetera. And we knew exactly what we were aiming for, which meant then we could be very explicit with our students. So the thinking kind of comes around the same, same lens of when we think about this profile of a school leader and we think about, again, using communication as the example. If we can identify two or three clear observable indicators of what it looks like to communicate at the highest level with parents, students, teachers, board. Well, now, now our leaders have actually something that um, they can continue to work toward because there's, there's no, um, you're, you're taking out the, the unknown of what it actually means. And we're actually putting some very specific observable um, criteria for what it means to do it at the highest level. I really like that. You, you know, earlier you, you introduced this topic by talking about how principals, especially EPs, could be anything from a COVID tracer to Magnum PI to managing the SEL 
programs happening in, within their schools. And so I think part of the difficulty for leaders, and I talk about this in my own content in terms of the hats that they wear, but mm-hmm. um, is just, first of all, giving them permission to take a step back and identify the different roles that they're playing. Yeah. And so you, you mentioned communication. What are, what are a couple of other areas that you would add to that, Garth? And I know there's many, but what are some other areas that you would add to that list of, 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 of measurable impacts because that, that I love that way that you talk about observable impacts that leaders are making. What are some other areas that might be observable, observable for a leader to be considering? Well, you know, right now I'd say with most schools where they're trying to get to is, um, is related to the feedback that they give to their teachers in, in involving the instruction within the classrooms. And I would say that's, that's the one that's probably been the most um, discussed yet the the one that's been the biggest challenge along the way because of all of these other factors that get in the way of us being instructional leaders as school leaders within our classrooms. But what we found is we actually and, and it kind of goes back to um, you know I mentioned the the tool that we created the, the Back to the Future Reflection tool um, in the earlier part of the conversation. Uh, it comes back to we created another tool to help school leaders kind of audit their time throughout the day. And part of what that is, and, and this, is, this is common practice in a lot of schools, but is to look at what are the things that get us in, get in the way of us being the instructional leaders that we need to be, and how do we think a little bit differently about the time to be able to support that? So for example, you know, if there is a student-related issue, our first thing is we wanna be that supportive leader, right? And so we wanna be able to be there to talk to the student, but now what is impacted as a result is not being able to give effective and meaningful feedback to our teachers around the instruction in the classroom. So having systems in place to kind of um, think about ways to create the time uh, to be able to do the, the instructional leadership that we want to be. Now, that's, that's kind of a, a circumvented the response there just for a second, because that's one thing that we hear from schools all the time is I can't be an instructional leader because I am being Magnum PI. I am being the COVID tracer. I am being those things. And you say, okay, but what if we kind of reversed our thinking a little bit and we said, when are we able to be instructional leaders? What does that look like? And how do we plan in that versus us feeling like we have to be reactive to, to everything that's going on in our schools? But I would say, as we go back, back to the original question, Will, of other things that, that, that this profile leader is when we think about instructional feedback, uh, we spend a lot of times with, with school leaders defining what does high quality instruction look like? So in order for us to be able to give feedback to our teachers, on the instruction that we're looking for, we, we need to know what it is that we're actually looking for in the instruction in our classrooms. Mm-hmm. So we actually, and this is kind of the, the cool thing that I really like about this work we've been doing is we begin to then create observable indicators for high quality instruction. So now we know, all right, if one of our goals is to be able to give meaningful feedback back to our teachers, we actually have then indicators of what does instruction look like at the highest level. And that's where you make the connecting point to the impact. Mm-hmm. So that if I go into a classroom as a school leader to be able to give meaning, meaningful feedback to our teachers, if we have co-created criteria, and this is a key part of this, Will, co-created criteria with our teachers, now we know what we're all working toward. And the biggest role for me then under this profile of a leader is to make time to be able to give that meaningful feedback back to our teachers. So if we say, you know what, we want to have a, a, a common um, a common indicator that we kind of lay, lay out with schools is um, teacher clarity, okay? And, and 
you know, still remains as one of the top influences by, you know, John Hattie's research every year. We know that it, that the way that our students learn is so dependent on having an understanding and awareness and clarity again in what it is that they're learning. So we'll often have school leaders sit down with their PLC groups, with their collaborative teacher teams and say, okay, if clarity was happening at the highest level in our classroom, what would we observe? What are the things that we would actually see? And they begin to detail it on. They write out, here's, here's what it looks like. And, you know, clearly posted a visual uh, learning intentions and, and student-owned success criteria that we might see on desks and, and those types of things. Um, can, having students explaining their thinking. So all of a sudden, they create these very clear indicators. Now, tying it back to the leader, the leader now has things that they're looking for that was created alongside of teachers, not the leader creating the criteria, but alongside of teachers, where when they come in and do an observation as an instructional leader, they have something specific that was owned by the teachers that they're just indicating, here's what I saw or not. And the connecting point back to the impact of our leadership is if we can come in and we can give that meaningful feedback of what we actually see, now we can identify where our strengths are as a building. We can also identify the areas that we want to grow upon. So again, it's, and I hope, hopefully this is all kind of making sense how it comes together, but it's all about knowing what success looks like in our schools. So when we create this profile of a, of a, of a school leader, all we're doing is creating a profile of what does it look like for success to happen at the highest level? And what are we actually gonna see as a result of that? Well, if we're doing that at the highest level, then the outcome that we should see in the classroom is that we should see students doing and demonstrating what we've said high quality instruction looks like. And that's how we give the meaningful feedback to our teachers. I love how you brought that full circle and you've already started answering what was going to be my next question too, which is in what ways may this practice be transferable to teachers? And um, Garth, that's, that's such a great portrait of as leaders, if we are identifying our own leadership profiles, we understand the observable impacts that our leadership is making. If we can define that on the front end, if we, and, and, and if that definition is informed by the people that we're serving, our parents, our students, our teachers, so we're not just developing it ourselves, we're developing it with the context of, within the context of the people whom we serve, Correct. then that's transferable because when you start developing with that teacher the observable impacts that you want to see with him and her. And I love how you use that word. You co-create that criteria. Then the practice of identifying that for yourself as a leader becomes something, therefore, you can transfer over to the other people on your team, as well as students, which is where you started. You know, the graduate, Correct. the profile of a graduate should be, everyone should have a profile, the profile mm -hmm. of a teacher, the profile of a principal, the profile of whatever role that you have. Correct. You know, and I think, you know, it's one of those things, Will, if you think, if you, if you think about a, a classroom, one of the first things that teachers do with their students, at least, at least I hope they do this, with their students at the beginning of the year, is they co-create the expectations for what they want their learning environment to be, right? So, you know, if I go back to my first years of teaching and probably did some things that I wouldn't go back and do the same way, but we still, we co-created our rules for our classroom, right? But it was still something where they had a voice in it. Now we talk about classroom norms, classroom expectations, mm -hmm. uh, environment, whatever it may be. And, and But the power in that was if somebody broke from that norm, broke from that expectation, it wasn't my expectation as a teacher. It was our expectation. It's the same exact thinking here. When we co-create the observable indicators of success along with our teachers for what scaffolding looks like, for what 
feedback looks like for, for what student teacher relationships, whatever we want to use as kind of the, the starting point, if we co-create alongside of our teachers. And then we actually have the ability to come in and give feedback on what we're observing within the criteria that they created. Teachers are much more receptive to it because again, they, they can't argue what it is you're looking for because they had a voice in what it is that we're looking for. And all we're sharing is, do we see it or do we not? Now, the impact is from the leadership lens, if we're giving that feedback and we're making time to get into the classrooms and be able to give our teachers that meaningful feedback around that co-created criteria, now we're actually beginning to identify and see the impact of our leadership because of the transfer that we see of the students actually doing what we want them to do. Yeah. And I want to pause for a second, Garth, and just add some thoughts to Principal Matters listeners, because um, you may be listening to this and you're thinking, okay, a profile for a leader, uh, you know, identifying my own observable impacts, helping my teachers identify theirs, making sure my students identify theirs. That all sounds so great, but how in the world do I have time to do that when I'm the COVID tracer and the Magnum PI and the SEL person and I'm doing discipline and all those things? And, and I just want to pause there for a second, Garth, because I know that's, we've lived that as, as education leaders. And here's, here's some of the lessons that we've learned through that. And this is why I think it's so important to pause and consider this. When we define on the front end what our expectations, responsibilities, goals, key results are going to be, then we save ourselves so much time from having to define the midway or sadly, as a lot of people do, at the end of a process. So, so often we're, we see mistakes made when we're working with our staff or with our teachers or with coaches is instead of giving them a clear expectation at the beginning, like you do with a good classroom, we're trying to correct midway or the worst case scenario at the end of a whole school year of here's how things should have gone better. And so you're going to save yourself so much more time on crucial conversations, follow-up and direction, if you can define those things early. And that doesn't mean it's easy, which is why I asked Garth to have this conversation because identifying those observable impacts on the front end actually requires you to take some time to reflect. And for those of you listening to this as the school year is ending, I know right now is the worst time in the, of ever to ask you to reflect. This is, I call May, May-cember because it's like, okay. it's like December. It's like, it, there's nothing worse than Christmas, right? Before, you know, is in terms of um, activities for principals and the end of a school year in terms of activities, but there will come a pause. Maybe you're listening to this at the end of your school year in the summer, but there will come a pause where you're going to have an opportunity to do some reflection. And when you do, I would invite you to think about how you can apply this in your own leadership. And of course, I would invite you to reach out to Garth if he or the folks that work with him might be able to facilitate some of that conversation with you too. Garth, my ne- you can add to that if you'd like, Garth, but I had another question I wanted to add. No, no, go ahead. I, I think you, it's spot on though with kind of where do you find time and and but if we don't if we don't have a clear understanding and, and visual representation of what we're aiming for, feels like we're, we could go we we could chase a lot of rabbits down a lot of different holes, right? And so this is is to kind of bring that clarity to us as school leaders, and kind of I would say and I think that the the hope that I have as we you know at least as much as we can kind of come out of what the the last two years of of COVID learning has been. Is, is I see opportunity, opportunity for us to really kind of redefine 
what what it means because you know if we think about again the the number of school leaders that we've talked with worked with that have spent hours upon hours upon hours just covid tracing the last two years well hopefully that's going to be a lot less and hopefully not at all but you found time to do it when you when you had to right and and so all we're saying is maybe we need to shift the what we have to do to having this focus on what are observable indicators for success that we can see in the classrooms directly working with our teachers. So it's a, it's a really good point, Will. I love that. And I'll add a quick story. I was sitting with a group of, of um, principals that are in their second year. I had been asked to, to do some PD with just a small group of second year principals. And we were talking about communication and effective communication. And one of them paused in the meeting and said, um, I just have to point out something that I'm realizing because this is the first time in two years I've actually had space to communicate about something other than pandemic, <laughs> COVID. And, and this principal said, I'm not really sure what I should be talking about yeah. now instead. And we all laughed because what you just said is so true. That space now that you have available to be turning the light back on other things that are just so important is just a, is an amazing opening for you to be able to like refocus that time and those communications for something that will get back to these observable impacts. So as we wrap up, Garth, what, what are some ways that leaders can measure or assess that they're having an impact as they think about um, when they're when they're identifying these things? What are some ways that they can they can reflect later to, to see, am I, am I, are these really making an impact, these things that I'm identifying? Well, I think the only way we can really measure these types of conversations is through what we actually see, what we actually see in our learners as a result of it. And, and just to, to help the listeners think about ways that they can do this. And as you mentioned, yes, we, we can help facilitate these conversations. I'm happy to hop on and, and do a, a Zoom with anybody if they have questions around this. But ultimately, you can actually create your profile of a school leader in under 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, it is, what we really do is we just brainstorm what are the key characteristics that, you know, what we always say is pick four different perspectives. Like we had mentioned earlier in, in the, the discussion, uh, parents are essential to that, that perspective, students are essential to that perspective, teachers are essential to that perspective, and then pick one other. It could be, like you said, it could be central office, it could be board of education, it could be business community, it could be post-secondary institutions, whatever it may be. Um, but if you take four to five minutes and just brainstorm, what is it that they really want? Now, as I mentioned, if you can get the real data from them and actually take time to survey, that's even more powerful because that's going to give you actual information back from them. But you can just, to start the conversation, you can do this where you spend four or five minutes on each perspective and you just put it on a, on a wall with post-it notes and just brainstorm, just put them up there and say, okay, now where are we starting to see some common themes? In a matter of 30 minutes, you can quickly emerge with between kind of four and five key characters characteristics of this. So that's just as a starting point for listeners, you can do that part pretty quick. I highly recommend you do it with colleagues in similar type roles. That's how we um, begin to kind of, especially as a school district, begin to kind of create a common definition of that profile of a leader. But if you're the only one doing it, just you can do it on your own. Take, take 30 minutes and, and kind of brainstorm that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the impact of this is not, this isn't an impact that we're going to see measured in, in state assessment scores. Um, this isn't going to be measured in kind of internal assessments. This is going to be measured in what we actually see in our classrooms from our learners. What do we see? And, and this, is, this is why having those indicators of what success looks like for our kids is so important because it's, what it always comes down to is 
we know that our leadership matters because you can come into any one of our classrooms and see our learners learning at the highest level. That's the connecting point. But if we don't know what that looks like, it's really hard for us to get there. Well, Garth Larson, we haven't talked since 2019 on this podcast, but your content and your lessons and your takeaways are just as rich as they were then. And I'm just so grateful I got to sit in this room with you. As we wrap up, a couple of things I want to make sure listeners know about. First of all, how they can connect with you and your resources. And then before we leave, would you tell leaders about ways they may be able to connect with some of the summer work that you're doing with your virtual conference in June? Absolutely. So first and foremost, if anybody wants to reach out via email, uh, my, my email is Garth, G-A-R-T-H, at firsteducation-us.com. And I, I believe uh, Will will share that out as well uh, in other formats as well. But feel free to send me an email. I'm happy to. This is something that over the course, probably even more so in the last two and a half years, that uh, become incredibly um, passionate about in terms of the, you know, what it means. Because uh, being a being a leader right now is is a is a very very difficult position being a school leader. Um, we've got a lot of new leaders coming into the field, which we're excited about. But that also uh, means that there's opportunities there for for coaching and support as you kind of work through your journey as a school leader. Or even if you've been doing this for 20 years, it, the world of education just looks a little different. So feel free to email and, and connect that way. Also, uh, feel free to check out our website, which is just www.firsteducation-us.com. That gives a lot of additional information on all sorts of different events that we have coming up. We have uh, 10 different divisions within our company now supporting all sorts of uh, areas from literacy to math, to science and agriculture, to uh, assessment and grading, uh, PLCs, all those types of things. So feel free to kind of learn and and look at any information on the website. And then the last thing to share is that uh, June 21st and 22nd, we will be hosting our first ever, this is a brand new um, event that we're doing, our first ever Learner First Leadership Summit, which we'd love to uh, have you be a part of. Uh, We are super excited that Will Parker is going to be one of our guest presenters for that particular summit, but we have keynotes with uh, Michael Fullen, Thomas Murray, Kale Burke, and breakout sessions with some of the best school leaders that we've had a chance to see, learn from, read, um, listen to over the course, at least in, in my last 20 years of education that I've been able to listen to and, and learn from. And the fact that we're bringing them all together for this particular leadership summit is pretty exciting. So if you go on our website, you can uh, gather information on how to learn more about that. We've got all the, the, the sessions, the breakouts, uh, the descriptions, everything is there for you to take a look and see if it would make sense for you either individually or hope really is that, that uh, districts could look at this as an, a leadership retreat opportunity Again, all virtual. You also, if you can't attend any live ones, we now, you know, we record everything and make it accessible. So you have until the end of September that you could go back and watch any of the videos to help improve your craft as a school leader. Learner First Leadership Summit, June 21st and 22nd of 2022. And yours truly is going to jump in the mix there and share content from my book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish. Principal Manage listeners, We would just love to be able to see your faces in those meetings if you have an opportunity to participate with Garth Larson. Thank you so much for your friendship, for your leadership, for all that you're doing for educators and education leaders across the U.S. Thanks for doing what matters. And Principal Matters listeners, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much, Bob. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.